You are listening to a sermon by Tanner Sherlock. Visit chialphashatternstate.com for more info. So now I get the honor and the privilege of announcing my boss, Brad. Lord, I'm going to pray real quick for service. Lord, just ask that you would have your way, that the Holy Spirit would have its way in here. Lord, that as Brad gets up to speak, that, that it would be your words and not his. And Lord, that the message you've put on his heart, that it would be what you want to say. And God, I just ask you to bless that and give us hearts to hear, open our hearts, open our minds, and give us the attention span to pay attention just long enough that you can have your way tonight. Lord, we thank you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah. Hey, I'm Brad. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Um, Hey, give it up for Tanner and Courtney Sherlock, your uh, campus pastors. They are um, just awesome, awesome couple. So excited. Uh, been in this role now, what, a uh, year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. And, and it's just been amazing to see what God has done in them and through them in this short time. And I'm so excited to see uh, what God has in store for them in the future and Man, I'm always just impressed with Tanner, uh, you know, when I talk to him and just, uh, you know, the, the godliness that is in his life. You guys have an amazing campus pastor here, and um, just uh, always uh, thankful that you guys are here, and, uh, and thankful for you guys, too. Thanks so much for coming out tonight. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah, yeah. You love yourselves, admit it. Um, no, I, I mean that. You know, you guys, thanks for coming out. I know there's a lot of other things you guys could be doing tonight, but you guys chose to come out to, uh, to the Chi Alpha meeting. Thanks so much for, you know, making it out here. Um, who, who here is from a small town? Now, I'm from Ord, Nebraska. I don't know if you've heard of Ord. Ord is, uh, I was considered a small town, but I know for a fact that some of you are from smaller towns than, or so who here is from a town smaller than 1,000? Who, how about smaller than 500? Smaller than 250? Eh, it depends on what year. Okay. There was a few dogs born that year. Uh, how, about a, how about smaller than like 200, 150? So what, what town, who had their hand up la- latest, last? 99! <laughs> That's what they got on the census anyway. Um, that was, a good, that was a good comment. I, was, I don't have a prize. Sorry, dude. But way to go. Way to be from a small place. Um, so uh, once again, yeah. So um, I don't know why I just did that. I thought I, you know, um, thought it would be interesting. Um, so yeah, Brad Novosad uh, from Ord, Nebraska. My wife and I live in Lincoln. We, uh, we've done Chi Alpha uh, now for about 17 years. Um, we... Uh, Moved from Lincoln, we were sent out by, uh, you know, from our church in Lincoln. We went out to North Carolina, pioneered Chi Alpha out there, and then um, moved to Colorado, pioneered Chi Alpha there, and now we're back in Lincoln where I oversee uh, Chi Alpha in Nebraska, as well as uh, work in the Great Plains area, which is several states uh, around here. And, uh, and so, you know, I don't know, uh, how many of you were at the SALT conference? Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that contingent. Yeah, Awesome. I recognize several of you guys. Uh, thanks for coming down, man, to Wichita. Had a good time. Uh, so I oversee that conference. And, man, those of you who didn't come, you missed out because it was awesome. And, hey, there's still a chance maybe in a couple of years because uh, we're not going to have one this next year. We're going to have a World Mission Summit in Houston. So if you can make it down to that, that'll be awesome. So save up your nickels and pennies and make it down there. Um, but then we'll have a SALT conference here uh, again in a couple of years, and they're awesome. Lives are always changed. People come back just uh, changed by the power of God. And so, anyway, so I know several of you were there, and thank you so much for coming down representing, not just Shatter, but representing Nebraska down there at the conference. And uh, anyway, so yeah, we, we live in Lincoln, Nebraska. We have four kids. So we have, our, our oldest now is, uh, your age, is in college. And then we have a daughter who's in high school, a son who's in middle school, and a daughter who's in elementary school. So, man, we are living the dream right now, you know. <laughs> Every stage uh, of the academic spectrum, you know, we are, we are seeing. And uh, one day, uh, just recently, actually, our daughter, our high school um, 
daughter Julia, she's a junior, she uh, came home really disturbed. And uh, uh, she wanted to talk to Shelly and I, and, and uh, she was, uh, you know, uh, she not, doesn't act this way, you know, generally. Um, and she, she was talking to us about her friends, and she said, you know, uh, my friends are coming to me, several of my friends are coming to me and say they don't have hope. What do I do? What, what do I do with, you know, my friends that are coming? And I'm like, gosh, you know, a high school junior that, and, and her friends are saying they don't have hope. So, you know, she was, and I was, at first I was kind of like, well, you know, is this just a girl thing, you know, because she can be a little moody and stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> girl, you know. And, uh, but no, I mean, she was like, it was serious. And, you know, she wanted some advice and us to pray with her and everything. We were helping her to, you know, maybe... Uh, uh, figure out how she could even minister to those people. But I, so I was asking her, so what is it? What, is, what are they, what's making them lack hope in their lives? And, um, and she didn't really have an answer. I thought maybe I'd even ask you guys tonight. You know, if you, uh, you know, um, what do you think would, would cause somebody at, at maybe such a young age, I think it's kind of a young age, you know, a, a junior in high school, you know, what would make somebody at that age start maybe to think that life was hopeless, like they would be lacking hope? Any, any thoughts? Anybody? Just, Jed, I know you'll say something. So anybody else? No. I know you were going to do it. I, I know you. What do you got? Let's have it. Lack purpose. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you mentioned several things, you know, in, in that, you know, the, there's a, a purposelessness, you know, like what, what am I going to do? There's the identity issue, who am I? Uh, that, that was part of it. Anything else? Any Bullying, yeah. They could, it could be uh, from the outside, somebody that's, you know, making fun of them or... You're harassing them, bullying them. Yeah, that's true. Anything else? Uh, other thoughts? Anyone? Family problems? Yeah. Yeah, family issues. You know, we, you know, uh, and I'm sure uh, my daughter doesn't even know what kind of family situation they're coming from, but, you know, it could be a family issue that's in their lives, and, and it's just, you know, really causing them to really lack hope. Anything else? Any, any other thoughts on that? Right. Different things like that that they just feel like they, they think that they have to have in order to fit in. Right. And yet somewhere in the world just yeah. find out the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I didn't. Somebody over here was saying some other. Hmm. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's a good point. Um, you know, so you get to the point in life where maybe, and I even saw this with my, with my daughter especially, um, you know, you get to that point where you were the kid and you were being taken care of and now all of a sudden you're kind of changing into the adult where now uh, you're having to be responsible. There's a lot of responsibilities and a lot of changes that are happening. Can you turn my mic down a little bit? It's pretty hot. Um, so, you know, that can be, I, I think especially... Um, you know, during your college years, I think that kind of stuff happens. You know, I, I think, you know, for high school kids, I think it can start happening. But I think especially for your age, you're going, you go through so many changes, so many, uh, you're, you're, you know, uh, so many important things are happening, trying to figure out your purpose. You know, what am I going to be doing? What, what's my, you know, what's my major? What, you know, trying to figure out your identity, like, you know, the who am I kind of questions. And so many things are happening. And that can be really paralyzing, can it? I mean, it can be, it can be a paralyzing thing. It can be, it's what I, what I call uh, walls that get set up in our lives. We, we, we have these walls, whether it's the purpose, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, and this wall gets put up in our way. It blocks us. Or, or who am I? You know, this, this identity wall or bullying, you know, these things from the outside that come in. And it, and it puts up a wall in our way, in our life. 
or, you know, just these, you know, the, the world is so big and I've, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do and I've got all this responsibility. It could become a wall. So, but what is hope? And I think we have to look at what is, uh, what is hope? If, if there's a hopelessness, you know, we have to understand what hope is. Hope is the ability to believe that there is something better ahead. Okay? Hope is the ability to believe that there's something better ahead, something that is better than our current circumstance. So we have to believe that there's something, if there's these walls that get constructed, we have to believe that there's something beyond those walls. Because those walls are going to stay there. A lot of times we, you know, a lot of times we can, you know, break those walls down, but a lot of times those walls are just barriers and we have to believe that there's something else, something beyond those walls. And so, you know, some of the, some of the walls, um, once again, we already, we already mentioned a few of them. Some of them, you know, are career, not sure what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Uh, relationships can be that. Um, maybe you're in a, a relationship you can't get out of, or your family relationships are bad, or will I ever be in a relationship? You know, there, that can be a wall. That can be something that gets you trapped and you can't see beyond. Um, you know, your finances, you know, um, I need money or I don't know where I'm going to get money. Um, your identity or your appearances, you know, can, can be that wall. Um, you, you can have like religious walls, you know, things that, uh, you know, you get, you get trapped in that all you can see is what you're doing and you can't see past them. Um, so any of these things can cause a wall that prohibits prohibits us from seeing anything but what we're facing right now. And that really keeps us, that once again, that paralyzes us, that keeps us trapped. But here's the deal, guys. There, there's hope. There is hope. God provides hope for us so that we don't have to be paralyzed, so that we don't have to stay where we're at right now. And so tonight, I want to share just a few aspects uh, that I found about hope um, that I think are going to help you no matter where you're at, um, no matter what you're, you're dealing with, wrestling with. You know, I think, um, I, I, I was telling Tanner earlier, I wanted to share something else. <laughs> and I uh, uh, had something else I thought would be a really good, you know, thing to talk about. But God brought me back to this message. And as I prayed about it, I really feel like there are people here tonight that need to hear this message. That there are people here tonight, there are certain things, certain walls in your life, whether you've put them up or others have put them up, that are keeping you so focused on where you're at right now that you can't see beyond those, that you can't see past those. And so I just want to share a few things. So my main idea is that hope helps us see beyond the walls of our humanity. Okay? Biblical hope helps us see beyond the walls of our humanity. Um, so so biblical hope is, uh, the first thing is that biblical hope is based in reality. There is something on the other side of those walls, all right? There's a reality on the other side of the walls that, that are constructed, that we, once again, we've constructed or others have constructed. Um, this is something that already exists. Hope is a place. In Second Peter 3, it says, but in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So God has prepared for us a place. There's, going, there's a new heaven and the new earth on the other side of the wall. And so through our faith in Jesus, when, you know, when we come to faith in Christ, and maybe some of you have come to faith in Christ, maybe that was a long time ago, maybe some of you, you're not sure what you believe about that yet. But let me tell you, when we come to faith in Christ and we receive His uh, sacrifice for our sins, we won't have to die. I mean, we will eternally live with Him forever. Amen? That's a good thing. And that's what hope is. Hope is that we will never die. We are eternal beings that Christ, that, we, that um, God has made. And so through hope, we believe that there's an eternity with Jesus in heaven. Um, you know, so God created us eternal beings and he's deposited eternal life in, in our hearts. At, when, we came to, when we come to know Christ at salvation, he has deposited a, a eternity in our hearts. And so we have a glimpse of eternity as we, as we walk with him. Um, 
And so, you know, as you've, as you've walked with God, once again, some of you, maybe that's a new thing. Um, some of you have been doing that maybe for a few years now or for many years. But we see that. So I don't know if any of you go to the well on, on Thursday nights. And maybe you've seen uh, somebody get healed. Or maybe you've even been healed before. That's a glimpse of eternity that God has deposited in, in us right now. Or maybe you've heard somebody share a word. And they say, May, you know, I have a word from God. And, um, you know, and it was right on the mark. You know, and I was like, wow, that, how did you know that? That's a glimpse of eternity. God has given us this glimpse of eternity that we have right now. Um, are there any athletes in here? Any athletes? Anybody? Uh, uh, I, I'm not a marathon runner at all, but you've heard about uh, people that run. And you, you, have you ever heard about hitting the wall, you know, when you run? And uh, what, what helps somebody get beyond that wall? There's, there's a goal. There's a finish line. Well, what, would it, what would happen if they hit the wall and they just, all right, I'm done, <laughs> you know, and just gave up? You can't do that. You know, I do some swimming, you know, and I, I have to set a goal. I have to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a half mile or a mile or whatever because, man, I get tired after like three laps or whatever. And if so, if I didn't have a goal, if I knew, if I didn't know that, you know, if I didn't set a finish line, I would just give up. And so for us, there's an end, there's a finish line for us that gives us hope that there's something beyond these walls that are, that are constructed. Actually, I, I Googled uh, hit the wall because I was just, you know, curious. Once again, I'm not, a, I'm not a runner and generally that's what they talk about, you know, like, you know, people who run. Um, so I was like hitting the wall and the first, the first one that came up, I, I researched it and said, um, the first suggestion was to get beyond the wall was to adjust your perspective. I thought that was really interesting. You have to adjust your perspective to do that, to get beyond the wall. If we only think of the here and now in our life, it, it, that, then we just, that's it, I'm done. If, if we get so focused, once again, on where we're at right now, if we can't adjust our perspective that there's something else beyond that wall, then forget it. I give up. You know, I'm, I'm just going to quit. So we have to get a, a, a glimpse of the bigger picture and, and realize that there's a goal. And as Christians, we've got to keep an eternal perspective that this life isn't the only life that we'll live, that heaven is our home. This isn't our home. And that we have a home with Jesus in heaven. Amen? That's a good thing. <laughs> and so there's a biblical hope is a reality that heaven is real. There's a reality on the other side of the wall. The second thing the Bible tells us about hope is that uh, uh, biblical hope believes the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. What's on the other side of the wall is so much better than what we can perceive with this body, with these five senses. (laughs) What's beyond that wall is so much better. Okay? Now, you know, it, sometimes it's hard for us to even understand that or, or, or believe it, but it is so much better. But it's hard for us because we're trapped in this skin, aren't we? I mean, we're trapped by this body. And once again, we get so focused on where we're at and, and only what we can perceive with our senses. And we forget that we're eternal beings that God has made and that He has prepared something so much better for us outside of this body. <clears throat> I love what uh, uh, the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. Man, this is good. If you haven't read this verse, if you haven't memorized this verse, such a good verse, uh, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That is so, that is right on the money. Exactly what, I was, what I'm talking about. And that is, you know, because what we, we get so focused in. In this life, we get so focused on all, only the things that we can see, only on the temporal things of life, that these troubles that we focus on, that we forget about the unseen things 
of, of heaven and glory. Um, so if, if our faith in Jesus helps keep us centered, our hope gives us focus. Focus past our problems. We, have, we can focus past our problems with hope. So what's on the other side of these walls? What's so much better? What does the Bible say is so much better than what we can have right now? A place where there's no more worry, no more fear, no more comparison, no more social anxiety. <laughs> you guys are in a, in a time in history, man, where you talk about social anxiety and, and comparison like no other time because of, you know, of just instant access to everything and people posting. Every, I mean, that was completely foreign to me when I was your age. And, and man, that, that anxiety that, that, that must bring into your lives, I, I can't imagine. But there's just going to be no more of anything like that. Um, no, I, I love what the Bible says here. No more tears, no more crying or pain. And that's not just physical pain. Because I think some of you have experienced deep emotional pain in your lives. And that's all going to disappear. That's all going to be washed away. There will be no more of that on the other side of the wall. And maybe for some of you, that's still even a wall in your life that you can't see past. Maybe some emotional pain that you've experienced, uh, you know, maybe through bullying or or whatever, or if somebody did something to you that hurt you deeply. And once again, beyond that wall, that is all taken taken away. So... A place where our bodies will be perfected. I'm going to have some awesome hair. Come on. I mean, you guys will be like, dang. All right, there's Brad. You know, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, the Bible says where we will know fully even as we are fully known. Can you imagine I mean, some of us that are kind of a little, you know, nerdy and just love to, you know, know everything. We don't know what we can. We don't know squat, man. I mean, compared to what we're going to know then that God, and how God knows us fully, we are going to know fully on the other side. I mean, that's just amazing. That's just a, a little bit, but that's a glimpse of what God has for us. What's so much better on the other side of the wall. And here's the thing. You know, we, uh, we have the access to that now. We can act in our lives right now, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're struggling with, we can act as if we're living all of those things right now. It's what God desires for us. And so, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, we get so, once again, so focused on all of these issues that we're dealing with that we at times struggle to act as if we have if those things are real to us right now but we have access to it we can we can do it um have you ever been in so much pain that you cried like a little baby have you ever been in that much pain that you just like cried like a little girl i mean i i in in uh, back in 1999 i went uh to pick up my daughter, uh, my daughter Julia was a baby at the time, and I went to pick her up, did a beautiful golf lift, you know, and uh, she was in her uh, car seat, and I went to pick her up, and all of a sudden, something popped in my back, all of a sudden, it was just like, you know, I don't know if anybody else heard it, it sounded really like a gunshot blast to me, you know, <laughs> bam, you know, and I immediately just dropped, and let me tell you something, I, am, I instantaneously was launched into the uh, worst pain I'd ever been in in my life. And what had happened um, was uh, a piece of my disc um, in, lumbar, in my lumbar area, my low back, uh, a piece of my disc broke off. I had I'd already, it already, you know, had uh, been bulging, up, had a bulging disc that it pinched and broke off and was sitting on my sciatic nerve. You know, and it was a pretty large piece, I guess, or whatever. And... Uh, yeah, and so, you know, I'm just like in excruciating pain. And I mean, it's just like, oh, you know, like I can't do anything. I just like cry. And, you know, 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, I had to wait two weeks before, before I could have surgery. And so for those two weeks, let me tell you guys, I was in. Okay, here's how bad it was. So they gave me narcotics, two different kinds. One that uh, didn't make me sick, but I could still feel the pain. Or the one that made me throw up, but it took away the pain. And so I was like, <laughs> you know, do I puke? And, and I can't feel the pain. But I chose to not puke. And so I took these narcotics that didn't fully take away the pain. So I, would still, I was still in pain. I couldn't, you know how you can do this with your foot? Usually I couldn't even lift my foot up, you know. Um, it was just that kind of stuff. And I remember being up at like, you know, the narcotics would completely wear off in the middle of the night about every night around 2 or 3 a.m. And I would just go to our, in our kitchen counter, and I'd just be there leaning on the counter, just crying out, crying, literally, and crying out to God, you know, just praying loudly. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't wake up my wife, but I was just like, God, please, you know, uh, take this pain away. And uh, it became a wall. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a wall for me. because I couldn't see past because I was in so much pain. But but there's this song. I know this is going to sound kind of weird to some of you guys. But this song came on the radio that you probably have never heard of. You probably never even heard of this. Have you heard of the group FFH? Anybody have heard of them? Two guys. Oh, three maybe. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, old time, you know, long time ago. This, this band, and they put out this song called One of These Days. And I don't know why they would play the song all the time. Maybe just for me, you know, um, on the radio. But this song would come on the radio. And, and one of the lyrics... I still remember this. One of the lyrics was, one of these days, I will see my Savior face to face. And I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm getting goosebumps even right now. And I'm not that kind of guy, you know, that, you know, gets uh, really emotional, you know, to a, to a song. But I'm telling you, it gave me hope. It put hope just flooded back into my life. Hope at that moment that I needed so desperately because I was just like, seriously, in, in the worst pain of my life. And man, I needed that hope. Because once again, this wall, this pain had come. And I could, I could not see past it. And finally, you know, I had hope. And, and it showed me that there was something better. Something on the other side. And you know, I still have, I still have back pain. I, I actually have a degenerative disc dis, uh, disorder. Um, that I, I didn't know until then, <laughs> and uh, actually had that happened to me again about um, eight years later, and um, uh, it wasn't fun the second time either. But um, but you know what? Um, even though I and so like even this morning, you know, I got up and my back was hurting really bad, and and I just deal with this on an ongoing basis. You know, for the last I don't know, seems like uh, you know twenty or so years or, or whatever, and um, you know I've had people pray for me for healing and. And uh, God just hasn't healed me. Um, but here's the deal. It doesn't keep me paralyzed. I don't allow this to become a wall in my life. I can, I can see beyond it. I can rise above it. And, uh, you know, I, I just love what, what Romans 15, 13 says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just believe that so strongly that by the Spirit's power, I can have hope flood my life and fill me so much that these things, like, like this back pain that every seems like every day it's just, you know, it's, it's hard, you know. And, and it, yeah, I mean, it's something that I could just focus on. But I refuse to do that because I want to see beyond it to something that's better. I know that God has something so much better for me. Well, so there's a reality on the other side of these walls that, and something that's so much better. And finally, the Bible says that biblical hope is bound to a person. There's only one way to the other side of those walls, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's only one way that we can get beyond these walls in our life, and that is through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to true hope. We can hope for things in life, right? We can hope that, you know, uh, the Broncos win the Super Bowl again next year, you know. Uh, Tanner. I mean, um, you know, we can hope that Trump wins, you know, the, okay, maybe not. Well, whatever, you know. Um, you know, you can hope for things. Um, 
But there's only one way to true hope. And that's through Jesus Christ. And Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have to have Christ in your life in order to, uh, to, to get on the other side of these walls in our lives. Um, <clears throat> and I love what it says. This is kind of a little aside. But I didn't know where else to put this, so I thought I'd put it right here, Tanner. Okay, so bear with me a second. So 1 Peter 3.15. Here's, you know, uh, here's the other thing about hope, too, is that you know, Peter, the apostle, says, our hope is actually the Christ in us, the hope of glory. That hope that we have is actually a witness to those around us. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you about the hope that you have. What hope do you have? What hope can you tell of it? Guys, this, this city, this, this country, this world is dying. It's lost. It's hopeless. People are dying and going to hell because they don't have hope. They don't even know. They, have, they don't even know. They have, they have no hope in their lives. And, God, and Peter says this, and the Scripture says this to us, always be prepared to give an answer to those who ask about the hope that you have in your life. So I want to challenge you. What hope do you have? What hope do you have in your life? When somebody comes up and, and, and asks you, what answer can you give them about what hope that you have? Are you so focused? Or are you so trapped by a wall of some sort in your life that you can't see past it? That when people are coming up and talking to you, you're like, well, I, man, I just don't, I don't know. Are you able to see beyond all of those things and able to see what God has for you so that you can be a witness to other people? That's what God has for us. To be people who are so taken by that hope that's out there that people would see us, people in this room, as people of hope and would come up to us and go, why are you like that? I know, I know about your life and I know you, what you struggle. I know, you know, what you've been through. And yet you, you have this joy in your life. You have this, you know, so you, you care about other people. Why is that? Because I don't let that get me down. I, I have hope for something better in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you were, uh, maybe some of you this will even speak to, but, you know, my own, my own story, you know, I, uh, some of you probably were raised in a Christian home. Some of you were, um, you know, which is awesome. That's a great testimony, by the way. My wife was raised in a Christian home. Sometimes she's like, eh, I don't have a testimony, you know. I'm like, that's the best testimony you can have, is that you were raised in a Christian home, and God kept you from so much crap, you know, from experiencing all the stuff that some of us went through. Because, man, I went through a lot of crap. And, uh, you know, I started drinking at age 14, taking drugs and everything, and, and uh, you know, in high school and then college, you know, started doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, and I remember I was in, in studying at the university in Lincoln. And, um, you know, about my senior year, I thought, you know, I better get, start getting serious about school. <laughs> you know, I was just partying, you know, partying and partying hard. And, and then I started looking ahead to, you know, what other people who were still partying that were like 10 years older than me, what they were like. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be like them. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I was like, I do not want to be like those people. But I didn't know what to do because, guys, I, I was trapped. I, I, I seriously, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I tried to, you know, do all these kinds of things, broke up with my girlfriend. And I, I even went out and bought a Bible and, you know, got a job in the health field because I had studied like, you know, pre-med studies and everything like that. And, uh, and I tried all these things, but nothing worked. Nothing was helping that I, that I was trying. And it got so bad for me. I remember this. I was driving home from work. I remember exactly where it was in Lincoln. I was driving home from work one day. And uh, I had to pull over because I was having a nervous breakdown. Like, it had gotten so bad. I felt so trapped by these walls that I'd constructed in my life. I didn't know who I was, my identity. I didn't know what I wanted to do, my purpose. You know, my relationships were all bad. They were just leading nowhere. Uh, the friends that I had in college had all moved on. 
And here I was, I was stuck. I had, after I graduated from college, I had to move back with my parents, which was the worst thing I ever done, you know. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong, you know. But I just didn't know I was trapped. And I had this nervous breakdown because I just didn't know. And fortunately, one of the guys I worked with had started befriending me over this, the first year I worked there. And, um, and I just trusted him. I said, Steve, I just want to know what the truth is. And he, you know, took me, uh, he said, hey, he invited me to his house and said, hey, you know, come over to my house. He knew I'd bought a Bible. Bring your Bible with me, with you. And, and man, he showed me in the scripture. I'll never forget this. September 16th. Um, let me see. No, September 9th, 1992. Was anybody born? No. <laughs> That's a long time ago. September 9th, 1992. Um, I was sitting on his couch in his, in his, in his house and and he started showing me what the Bible said about Jesus, and Jesus talked about hope. And I was just looking at that, and the first thought I had was, Steve is a Jesus freak. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, I didn't know that he, he was a Jesus freak. Oh my goodness, you know, I was just like, wow. And so I, I left his house, and I said, no, thank you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need any of that. But man, I was so hopeless. That a week later, September 16th, 1992, I said, Steve, I, I need to do that. And I gave my life to Christ. And let me tell you something. The first thing, the thing that I remember the most wasn't, you know, that change. I, I did a 180. My friends thought I'd taken some bad drugs or joined a cult. They weren't sure. Um, but I remember that I finally had hope in my life. And, and I'm telling you what, all these walls were just like shredded. I mean, just gone. And I just, I was like, man, it just opened up. You talk about freedom, you know, man, free. It was just, I was set free completely from those walls. And, uh, and so true hope is bound to a person, Jesus, who's the only one who can take us to the other side of the wall. So where have you placed your hope? What have you, what have you placed it in? Um, you know, you, my boyfriend or girlfriend will fulfill me. Uh, my job that I'm going to have in the future will fulfill me. Money is all I need. Love is all you need, uh, the Beatles. Um, <laughs> my hope is in a religious system, you know, uh, some religion that I'm following. Um, you know, you can't place your hope in something that's not eternal. It will always disappoint you. It will always leave you wanting more. You have to place your hope in something that's eternal because otherwise it just doesn't last. It doesn't last. Um, guys, I, I want to uh, kind of uh, closing here uh, real shortly, but I just want to save you from a complete lack of hope. And, and I, I don't know if any of you have been here. Now, I, you know, statistics kind of show that maybe some of you have, you know, been at a place where maybe you've, you know, been there where you've completely lacked hope in your life. Um, you may have even lacked the desire to live. Um, where there's no, you know, there's just no hope. There's no, no future for you. And, uh, you know, once again, I, I can't necessarily imagine that, um, but I know it's a reality. Uh, in fact, 18 months ago, um, my nephew, uh, he was just from down the road from Alliance, Nebraska, and he, um, he went off to college. He went off to college in Kearney. He had a, a track scholarship, was a great kid. If any of you knew him, you would just say, man, he was a great guy. Great kid to be around, fun-loving, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, just a really great guy. And uh, uh, none of us knew that he was depressed. Uh, none of us. You know, his, his folks, I just saw him last, you know, uh, yesterday. And um, my sister, you know, I mean, we, none of us knew, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. Nobody. His track coach, nobody. And... Uh, 18 months ago, he decided, you know what, he'd had enough. And uh, he, left, he left campus, and we just thought, oh, he just needs a break. You know, he's just taken off, and, you know, he'll come back, or, you know, we'll, we'll hear from him or whatever. And a week turned into a month, and that turned into a lot of tears and a lot of heartache and a lot of searching, a lot of crying, a crying out to God, and a lot of asking why and what's going on. And, um, there were some clues, you know, that maybe he had stopped in Colorado, but we weren't sure, and a nationwide search. And, <clears throat> and then um, uh, just about, uh, uh, it would have been almost a year later, 
they got word that they had found his body in uh, Colorado. And he had uh, gone to the mountains in Colorado and committed suicide. And uh, the devastation that happened in my family and in my sister's family and, you know, watching them go through that and watching my mom go through that and watching her age because her grandson, she, none of us could understand why. We just kind of understand. And that's still the thing. When I think about it and talk about it, I just, you, we just don't know why. And so, guys, I want to save you from, you know, going that far that you're so trapped by these walls in your life that you're just like, I need a way out. Let me tell you something. There is a way out. And that way out is Jesus Christ. And Jesus can take you out of that and can, and can, and can bring you a new life that you may need and bring hope. Hope can flood into your life. He can tear down those walls. And, you know, just as I was even watching you guys pray up here and, and, you know, the community that you can have, you don't have to be alone and wrestle and struggle alone. There are loving people right in this room that are willing just to be there for you and talk to you and love on you. <clears throat> so, guys, I, I want to pray with you this evening. So um, go ahead and, and, uh, and bow your heads. And, um, and I just want to ask uh, a question as, as uh, all heads are bowed and, and nobody's looking around. And, uh, you know, I shared my story. I shared about my nephew, Jason. I, um, you know, talked about these walls. And, and if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never surrendered, you've never said, Jesus, I need you in my life and completely surrendered your life to him. And you need to do that tonight. I, I just want to pray with you. I want to pray with you this evening. So, so if that's you this evening and you'd say, Brad, that's where I'm at. I, I just have never taken that step and have never given my life to Jesus. And I know I need to do that tonight. Would you just raise your hand? Raise your hand for me this evening and say, Brad, that's me. I, I know I need to give my life to Jesus. I have not done that. I've not taken that step in my life, and I need to do that. Is there anybody here that would say that tonight? Anyone? Okay. Well, the second thing I want to pray with you about is that if you're here tonight and you... Man, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a wide spectrum. And, uh, but if you just feel like there are walls in your life, if you feel like some of the things that we talked about, I was mentioning this evening, you guys even mentioned earlier some of them, but if you feel like there are some walls that are keeping you, for whatever reason, you may not have even put those walls in place, but if you feel like that there are some walls in your life and you can't, for whatever reason, you just can't see beyond them. I want you to go ahead and just stand up right now. And just stand up, and I'm going to pray for you this evening. So if you're here tonight, and there are some walls, yeah, thank you. And you just need to stand up, yeah, thanks. Yeah, several people standing up. There are some walls in your life, and you say, Brad, pray with me, because I just there's some walls here that I can't get beyond, and I need to get beyond them in my life. Thanks for being honest, guys. Let's just look around and see somebody that's standing near you. And uh, go ahead and, and put a hand on them. And I'm just, I'll pray. But as I'm praying, I want you guys to be praying for those that, are, that have stood up. Just pray for them right now. Just start praying for them. Just start praying for those that have stood up. Right. Lord, we just pray, God, that You... You're the God of all comfort. You're the God that brings hope, Lord. We just look to You right now. Thank You, God, that You do not leave us stranded. You do not leave us as orphans. Lord, that You have called us Your own. That we are Yours. That You bought us at a price. And now, God, that we are Your children. We just thank You for that, Lord God. Lord, that we have life in You. We are loved by You. We are loved by You, Lord. Even if we feel unloved, 
Even if we feel unloved in this world, we are loved by you, Lord Jesus. And we receive your love right now in the name of Jesus. We accept your love, Lord God. Lord, we are yours. We are Christ's children. We are, we are Christians by your, by your uh, sacrifice. Lord, for those of us that are, that are uh, struggling with identity, and, and uh, Lord, we're just not, some, some people may be struggling, Lord, with not even knowing who they are. I pray, God, that you would speak to them clearly about who, who they are in you, Lord Jesus, and what they have in you. And Lord, I pray that you would show that to them. And Lord, for those who, who may be wrestling with a purpose, like why? Why did you bring me to Shadron? Why am I studying this? What am I going to do beyond when I leave here? Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring your comfort, that you would bring clarity to those things, Lord Jesus. Clearly speak to them, Lord God, about what you have and, and where you're taking them, Lord Jesus. And help them to understand, Lord God, that your plan and purposes prevail. Lord God, that you have a better plan than they could ever think or ask or imagine. Your plan is much better, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you would just flood our hearts and our minds with that, Lord God. And Lord, if there's anyone here tonight, Lord, that just feels completely trapped. Completely trapped by life. And feels like there's just no way out, Lord God. I pray, Jesus that you would just tear down those walls right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, tear down those walls in the name of Jesus, God. Break them down. Lord, break them down. And, and I pray, God, that you would help help them see beyond, completely outside of those walls, Lord, that are there. Break down those walls, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Give it up for Brad. And I just, I, I want to affirm everything that he said. In college, it's, it's easy to, to get to a point where you're, you're depressed, you feel vulnerable, you feel alone. Um, I remember when I was in college, it was, I was very depressed. I used alcohol to, uh, to deal with my depression. And what it comes back to is, is exactly what he said, is keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. You know, uh, two weeks ago, I preached about who Jesus was. And I, and I reminded you guys that the, the, the biggest piece of information, the most amazing piece of information you will ever hear in your entire life is that Jesus came down from heaven, died on the cross for our sins, and was raised again. That is the most amazing piece of information. And so it is about keeping that hope. It's all about keeping that hope and keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. And so as I close tonight and, and close in prayer, you know, um, one of the best ways to... to uh, to get to a point where you, you grow in your walk with Christ and you can get to a point where it's easy. I guess, I mean, it's, it's not always easy, but there's points in our life where it becomes easy to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. I mean, we're always, it's, you know, I always kind of picture my walk with Christ kind of like a stock market. It's, it's constantly going up and there's, there's ebbs and flows. There's those down days, there's those up days, but we're getting closer. And the goal is to constantly be getting closer. I'm not saying you're not going to have bad days. I'm not going to say there's going to be tough times. I'm not going to say that things are going to come in your life that are going to, to, to be a little bit down. But if we can continue to keep our eyes on Jesus and we can continue even in those toughest times to remember to keep our focus, it makes those tough times a lot easier. And so in this room, you know, you know this very well, those of you guys who have been coming for a while, I don't ever promise you that things are going to be easy in life because life sucks. I mean, if, if, if life was perfect, we would, we would be in heaven already. Life is going to hit you, and it's going to suck sometimes. And so, right now, if, if you're not one of those people that's struggling, and you're doing a good job at keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ, don't get comfortable in that. Continue to grow in that. Continue to, to work in your relationship with God. Don't just take it for granted, because if a tough time does come, and right now you haven't prepared in your life, in your relationship with Christ, and you haven't grown with Him, when that crash comes, it's going to feel ten times worse. And so those of you guys that didn't stand up, grow in your members, just constantly be growing in your walk with Christ. Constantly be looking after Him. I mean, we've got small groups, we've got people, we've got pastors. 
We've got people to pray with you guys. We've got people to talk with you guys, counsel you guys, one-on-ones. We've got things set in place, a, a model set in place to help you out with your walk. But at the same time, those of you guys that aren't standing, remember to be available for those that are. I mean, how many people stood in here? There was, what, like 10? 10 people stand up? If we had that exact same question for the larger body out there that don't have Jesus Christ, how many of them would have stood up? And so we're here in this campus, in this place, to bring the hope out of this room onto that, into those dorms. And so if you weren't one of those people standing, even if you were one of those people standing, and you find that hope, you've got to remember that we are the ones who are called right now. We as a body are the ones called to this campus. And so let's not ever forget that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that, that through our struggles, through our hard times, through life, when, when life just gets to a point where we just feel like we can't stand it anymore, where it just hurts, where life just, like, that feeling, you know, in your heart when it just hurts. And Lord, even through that, you are still in charge, you are still mighty, you are still amazing, and you still love us so much that you sent Jesus down to die for us. That, Lord, that you're not done with us yet. As long as we're still living and breathing on this earth, you are not done with us. So, Lord, I just want to give you the glory in that and thank you for that. You are mighty. You are powerful. You are the author. You are the creator. So, Lord, just help us to keep our focus on you. Help us through through midterms, through, through breakups, through family members, through, through, uh, through the pain, through the hurt, to keep our focus on you. If we get to a point where we're starting to forget and we start looking away, Lord, I just ask that you would put people in our, in, in our lives that would encourage us and, and, and help us out with our walk to keep our eyes on you. I thank you for Brad um, coming up here and giving this message. And, and God, I just ask you would give him a safe trip home when he leaves. And Lord, uh, we thank you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.